Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 18. This week on the episode, I have a great conversation with Rachel Taylor, better known as He Is We. Um, we talked about a lot of stuff in this episode, um, so we're going to keep the intro pretty short. We touched on uh, mental health the struggles of the music industry, uh, her new music, um, the new single Amazing Grace just dropped on February 14th, and it made our Weekend Waves playlist on Spotify. If you're not following that already, definitely go check it out. Um, if you can't find it by searching, jump over to our website or to Instagram or Facebook, and we'll have links to it there as well. Um but yeah, it, it's a great song. Um, it's a, a love song that is honest and just very personal. Um, and so yeah, we big fans of it here. And I definitely want to thank Rachel again for taking the time to do the interview, for being as open and honest as she is in this interview. Um, I think that a lot of what she has to say for people that are familiar with her it'll be a really cool um, perspective or maybe a story that you haven't fully heard before and for those of you that aren't familiar with her it's a really interesting story that you know for her journey and maybe it'll have you checking her out a little bit more but Again, I don't want to take too much more time in the intro here, so let's jump into our conversation with Rachel Taylor of He Is We. Hello. Hey, Rachel, it's Josh. Hi, how are you? Good, you? I am friggin' good. I'm planning a wedding, so I am (laughs) doing my best. Yeah, right. Frustrated, but good. I get it. beautiful thing absolutely so um obviously i talked to mike a little bit and uh, wanted to to touch base with you glad you're back in the music mm-hmm. scene um well thank you yeah so doubt you'll remember it other than the fact that it was a shitty venue but back in like mm-hmm. 2012 you were in indianapolis back when uh Raby was doing all your press and everything and we've done a short little interview back then. So it's been quite a while since we've talked. Oh, I, I remember Ray. We're friends on uh, Facebook. Yeah. So it's good. I'm glad we get to catch up. That'll yeah. be nice. Yeah, for sure. So um, obviously you've got a lot going on, uh, the new single and everything. So we'll get into all that. But uh, okay. basically what I wanted to do to, to start off with is every interview question you've ever had in your life. And that is... <laughs> Who are you and a little bit of background on you? (laughs) Yeah, um, so I am Rachel Taylor, and I am the, I guess I'm, my artist name is He Is We, and and what else did you need? So who I am and what I Like a little background, because (laughs) your journey through music has been pretty interesting, you know, you've you've had some definite up and downs. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a nice way to put it, for sure. Um, he is we in the uh, locker room of my school when I was, like, I don't know, 13. 
And then I ended up uh, moving to Tacoma and I decided that I would uh, record some music for the first time in my life and it went viral and I accidentally did this for a living for the last 10 years. (laughs) So it's, it's very, uh, it's, it was not what I expected. I expected to be in law enforcement and I ended up definitely not doing that. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> like you said, the, it kind of that happy accident, you know, you happened yeah. to hit at the right point and the right time and, and things just took off. Oh yeah. Well, I have uh, social anxiety pretty bad. Um, and so that's, kind of where I wanted to have a bandmate with me mm-hmm. um, because I, I hated the idea of being the only person that people looked at. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that worked out. It so. gives you a little deflection ability that way. It, well, that's exactly right. And, I mean, I used to play music in the locker room because I didn't want anyone to find me or hear me. And I would go during class. So I was always fairly introverted. Um, and the whole like fan base of TSW seems to be very similar to how I was. And so it's, it's strange that we all kind of found each other. Um, herd of black sheep, I guess. Right, right. Well, and I think one thing that, um, you know, at least for my perspective, that I've always mm-hmm. enjoyed about your music and just kind of the, the way that you present yourself is the authenticity. And I think that's why fans gravitate to you is that, you know, you've been very open and very vocal about your struggles and very yeah. honest with your music. Yeah. <laughs> been fairly transparent. I would say probably more so than, than I should have been. Probably, but I mean, you know, A, that's a learning curve, but B, you know, I think it also is something that fans, you know, kind of clinched onto, you know what I mean? Like, because you went through some some pretty bad stuff for a while, but it didn't seem like the fan base, you know, ever lifted away from you, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of the the strange thing is in sharing all the ugly parts of I guess my journey I found the most beautiful you know group of group of fans and I'm yeah I I had no idea that people could be so loyal um to someone that they some of these kids had never even met me at all right and it it was just really really powerful to see that even though the people around me might um, be hurting me that all I had to do was, you know, go online, <laughs> go on Facebook or, you know, Instagram. And I was able to find the people that, um, I guess rebuilt me every time I started to fall apart. Yeah. And I, I think the importance with your music is that's a common theme is, is about the rebuilding and, you know, holding on to hope and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would definitely say that uh, it, it's been quite an up and down. And, um, I mean, there was a lot of up 
and there was a lot of down. Um, and it, it kind of just, everything that you've heard about online as far as um, the dark parts of the, the music industry, um, that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, you name it. And um, I, I think maybe it ended well for me because I was able to uh, take them on the journey as opposed to pretending everything was fine. And um, I don't know. I, I would say that the transparency um, was, it was difficult because I had to be vulnerable, but I also didn't want anyone to, to think that I was trying to say, you know, I'm okay when I'm not. Right. Because I would be such a hypocrite to hope and pray that people uh, hope and pray that people don't, you know, commit suicide or hurt themselves or hurt others. It would be so hypocritical of me to pretend like I'm fine while I'm telling everyone else that when they need help, they should ask for it. Right. So I don't know. I think it was a. It was definitely something that uh, pissed off my former managers and, and, you know, booking agents and stuff because I was very, very open. Yeah, but I think I think within that, you know, it's it's one of those things that, like you said, the the hypocrisy of telling people that it's okay to find help, but not do it for yourself. Correct. Correct. (laughs) It, it, I, I can't, I can't say it enough how thankful I am for the, the people that were there for me. Um, and it's, it's silly, but I get emotional about it. Like I want to cry and just completely let everything out. And I don't, I don't think people understand how dark, um, some of these moments have been for me. Um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I will. Whew. Well, and I, think, I think it's the misconception that, that everybody has, especially with social media, that, you know, because yeah. you post a, a cute selfie or whatever, that oh everything's great and there's nothing to worry about. Exactly. But that's just what we put out there for people. You know, there's there's so much oh, behind yeah. that mask. Absolutely. I mean, the, it, the fact that you can edit your reality, um, I guess, to, to kind of fit what you want it to be, at least online. So being able to um, tailor make who you are using social media, um, it really, really messes with a person's identity. Um, because sometimes that's Generally, that's not who we are. Um, and so it, unfortunately, um, you know, at, at the time of all this, I guess, crazy crap going on, um, unfortunately, I wasn't very active on social media. Um, so I wasn't able to tell everyone everything all the time. Um, and I didn't want to pretend I was fine. Right. So... I, I don't know. I kind of just went on, on like a hiatus for a wee bit. That's for sure. Yeah. Definitely a pretty intense hiatus. 
Well, and you know, it's all about you know centering yourself and getting the help and and whatnot that you need. And sometimes it. Yeah. You know, regardless of who you are, sometimes that means disconnecting from social media. You know, there's so much negativity there that to take even just a week off is super refreshing. Man. Yeah. The, the craziest part, I think, was seeing some of these kids turn on me. And I think one of the most hurtful things um, was after the... There was an allegation made against me, and uh, I was acquitted. Um, but this girl sent me photos of her cutting herself, and um, and made a made a point to um, to let me know that I was the reason why she had decided to to start cutting again. And it broke me in a way that I, I can't put into words. Yeah, and I mean, um, obviously I've never been through that, but I can only imagine yeah. you know, that's a, an image, A, that you're going to have with you for the rest of your life. But, Correct. But aside from that, you know, the kind of the unfairness of it that, you know, you don't know all of the details, and to say that I caused this because you only saw ten yes. percent of the story is super yep. unfair. <laughs> well, and it gave me a new perspective on um, kind of like the other side, and being the person that has a target on their back. And it's like I couldn't say or do anything to make any of this better because it didn't matter what I said. Um, people's minds were, were made up and it, this was right when that whole Me Too movement started and uh, I I lost my shit pardon my language but I, I lost it and I started freaking out and, and I asked my, my dad and my family you know where the, where the hell were these people? when I needed them for my assault? Where, where were all these people that were willing to support me? Like, where was this? Why wasn't a magazine contacting me about my pain? And it just, it made me so angry to know that all of this um, attention was put on, in such, it was just a horrible place to put energy when I, I I had wished that I was able to advocate for um, victims of sexual assault now I'm on the other side and I'm having to shut up and I'm having to um, ensure that people know you know I'm not just denying stuff because I'm afraid of how I'll look, um, you know, and I couldn't come out and say, Hey, you know, guys, I've been assaulted because then it would be turned around like, Oh, now she's going to play the victim. So there was no way to spin this at all. And so having the fans 
that, you know, turned, the girl had, had my lyrics tattooed on her. And she was cutting herself because she couldn't handle having a, quote-unquote, rapist words on her body. Well, the- and, man, that. Yeah, and I think the, you know, the kind of unfortunate thing is that most people jump to those extremes instead of, like you said, you couldn't just come out and say the stuff, and even if she would have privately messaged, you probably couldn't talk about a lot of it, but like, nope. c- come to me as a person first. Don't jump to that Correct. extreme, you know, there, there's something else going on. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, it, it just, reality set in that, you know, even though I may consider these, you know, kids my family, um, at the end of the day, I'm seen as a product by others. I, I'm seen as someone that, you know, my feelings could never be hurt. My life is too good. Um, and so people are malicious. When it, when it comes to, I guess, people in the spotlight, um, they, they make it a point to tear you down in a way that is so personal. Um, and yeah, it, it, I had no idea what to do with myself, if I'm, I'm being 100% honest. I would be like on my knees just sobbing. Because I didn't know what to do. I would cry and throw up and, like, everything that you could possibly think of, I was doing. Right. Like, I was just losing my mind. Yeah. And but I, here I am, man. Yeah, I was going to say, you came out the other side, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's part, oh, of, yeah. part of that warrior uh, spirit that you've got. So. Yeah, I don't know what sort of Native American spirit animals I've got in me, but I've got some Cherokee Indian that is coming out as some sort of Pocahontas warrior princess. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, a little bit on that. Um, I was talking with Chad Moses from To Write Love on Her Arms, you know, speaking of people not truly yep. understanding, you know, those that are in the spotlight. We were talking about... Um, losing Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington in the same year, you know, and how people just don't understand that they, they assume, oh, well, they're famous, so everything's good. And like Chad said, yep. you know, the only difference between us and Chester, other than vocal ability, is some zeros in a bank account. We're all humans. Yep. We all go through the same stuff. And it's not fair to look at a, you know, celebrity or, or whatever you want to call it and go, well, yeah. they're famous, so that they'll be fine. Nothing can hurt them. Yeah. Well, it's. I think people assume that if you're a person of any influence, um, that you've got enough money to solve it. Um, so one thing that I have made very clear um, to the fan base is that, you know, I'm, I have zero idea what it feels like to be famous because I'm I'm not allowing myself to, to mentally go there. The one thing I've been able to do is remain human. Um, 
and it's almost worse because I've kept my my human. You know, I just want everyone to be happy. Like I really care about the person, and so I'm just very invested as a human. But I get punished like a person of influence. Right. So you know, I I'm trying to kind of just hug everyone, and I don't think people understand that rejection. Um, I can tell you right now, I I understood for the first time why these people uh, killed themselves. Um, Why they they put themselves in a situation where um, drugs, because I I turned to alcohol. Like, I, I never thought that I would be anything like these people, right? You go into it and you're... You are just so set on not becoming, um, you know, like Chris Cornell or um, my big thing was Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I promised myself and I failed because I finally understood, like, oh, my God, the reason why, you know, this, these things are happening is because... Creative minds, we feel too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, there is no gray area for, for people who, especially like Kurt Cobain, Chris Cornell, you know, and, and Chester. If you are someone who seeks a truth that people need to hear um, and don't have the, the balls to maybe say themselves, like, it's because we feel things on a level that is unexplainable um, in anything other than music. And uh, I used to say that as a kid. I used to say, you know, I, I feel too much. And my mom used to tell me that that, you know, that's a gift. And being in the situations that I, I was in, um, it made sense that being rejected, you know, feeling that on so many levels, it makes you sick. Like, it's not just like someone uh, rejecting you uh, in a relationship or if you try to hit on someone and, you know, they say no thanks. Like, being rejected on a level that's almost spiritual, um, it, it really messes you up. And it's so easy to fall into that party lifestyle. Um, and you kind of get used to the party lifestyle, you know, taking shots, celebrating things. But once the curtains are drawn and the lights are off, like, that party is no longer fun. That party is how you get to sleep at night. That, that party is how you go from tour to tour um, without feeling the, the pain that you're actually in. Um, it's so easy to run away from emotional trauma if you are constantly on the road. If you're constantly new hotel, new venue, 
uh, new people. Like, it's very easy to keep yourself busy, but once all that stops, your brain keeps keeps going, but your body doesn't know what to do with itself. Yeah, and I I think it was Chester that made the comment in an interview, you know, years ago about yeah. the how loud the silence gets, you know, when you're in those yep. troubled times. When you're busy, like you said, it's easy to stay busy and keep your mind off stuff during the day and during the show and all that. Yep. But when when the crowds are gone, when it's just you in the room, the voices yep. get very loud. I can't stand silence. Uh, and I think, again, it's like I said, as a freaking four-year-old, five-year-old girl, it's because I feel too much. So I take normal things that you you may be able to just kind of see it and walk away. Like, I'm looking at trees in the wind right now. And the way I see it is such a metaphorical, like, I I get really, really deep in my head. Mm -hmm. And I'll look at stuff, and the trees in the wind, you know, it's implying just this beautiful struggle. Like, it's insane, you know, what those type, what these brains do. And it's, it is so beautiful, but I, I mean, look at the story of Romeo and Juliet. That's kind of, you know, my relationship with music. Yeah. And I have to, to fight that, you know, every time that I sit behind my piano and, you know, get online, I have to ensure that I'm... I'm protecting myself. Yeah. And I mean, that that's as a musician, I mean, that's the realest protection that any, any musician has is creating yep. and putting their, their thoughts and feelings and, and soul into that, you mm-hmm. know, that verse or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Oh yeah. And keeping it, keeping it therapeutic as opposed to looking at it and, resenting it because I feel like a lot of us um we end up resenting the the process because of all the pain that it causes and that's why you'll see artists that release a record that you're like god that doesn't sound like them that doesn't make sense like who what is this it's because they decided no like I'm I hate this right now and they lose themselves and you know, the fans can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Normally uh, I do the mental health questions a little later, but I think we touched on enough of those. So (laughs) we'll we'll change directions a little bit and get into some of the the stuff you're working on. And um, you just released amazing grace about three weeks ago. Yeah. So looks like it's had pretty good response online. How do you feel about it? So I haven't looked at it online. I haven't done, like, I love the song, and that's enough for me right now. Um, I, I'm i just so happy. Like, if I could explain, I'm going to try to explain it. <laughs> I sat on I sat on my bed, um, and so my husband and I, we got married in... A courthouse, but we're planning a wedding right now. Um, 
and a few days back, like maybe a week and a half or so, I sat on our bed and I was sobbing. And he, of course, thought, oh, my God, I broke her. Like, what have I done? Right. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, he's just like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? And I looked at him just crying, and I said, I am so happy. Oh, this is the day before the song release. So this is the 13th. I, uh, I looked at him, and I was just like, I am so happy. And I just was crying, and I said, you know, if you would have asked me, you know, a year and a half ago, or a year ago even, if I would be in this position, I would have smacked the heck out of you and told you, do not talk to me about this. Like, I would have completely shut you down and and run away from all of it. And, uh, you know, I said, you may not have known me back when when all of this was happening but I'm I am a walking talking miracle of a human because I should have given up years ago and uh, so for me to be sitting I just bought a house dude right. just freaking bought an entire friggin house with a fence yard and a dog like I am in a place where I was sleeping on my parents' couch, not drinking alcohol and not taking any medications. Like, I I was effed, which is, you know what that yep. means. <laughs> so, I was, so I was just completely and totally, a, I was a broken loser. Like, I, I didn't believe in myself I didn't believe in anything but God and uh even then I was so angry at him and for me to for me to get the keys to my house for me to move everything in to see this you know, it's a five-bedroom home, and it's just my husband and myself, and I built a studio, and to know, like, I'm going to have babies on purpose, and I'm going to put them in these rooms, like, <laughs> it's, it is so powerful, um, and so when, you know, when Amazing Grace was released, I couldn't think of a better song to, to start this year off. Um, I, I couldn't imagine anything that made more sense. And I'm just, I am so proud of, of of everyone who had a hand in making this happen. You know, the fact that a label actually, um, believed in me enough to take my hand and, and pull me up, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so lucky. I'm so, so proud, but in a way that is, it's more like a proud parent. <laughs> right. Very um, proud of this baby that I put out. And I think, you know, kind of, you know, what you're saying there with the house and the, you know, the yard and everything, it's, 
it's finally <laughs> that realization that everything's going to be okay. You know, I've, I've yeah. grown up some, but everything's going to be okay. And like you said, I'm starting to make these choices intentionally and they're positive choices versus very negative choices, yeah. you know, in the past. Yeah. Well, and I just celebrated two years sober and like just kind of, Sitting there and recognizing, like, this is exactly what statistically I was not going to have. And uh, it's, it's just crazy because I hope and I pray that the fan base, they can see, you know, this is what, this is what can happen when you don't have anything. When you literally have nothing. Uh, you know, being able to sit in a home with a, you know, a dog that loves me and a cat that tries his best. Um, <laughs> he's whatever, he's a cat. Yep. But to, to sit there and to know, like, I'm a sound mind. I'm strong spiritually. My confidence in myself, like, it, it's just amazing. And so the idea that Amazing Grace, you found me, oh my word, it's just beautiful. The, it explains the story so well. Yeah. And so well. first off, congratulations on two years sober, because that's very impressive. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, like, like you said, being able to kind of build from nothing, you know, once you hit rock bottom, yeah. there's only one way to go, and that's up. So, you know. Yep. Unfortunately, a lot of people have to hit rock bottom before they can start building. So I think it's you know, a huge testament that, that you've been able to, to do that and recognize that. Oh, well, rock bottom <laughs> just kept coming. You, you know, when you think, like, you think you're at the bottom and you're like, oh, God, why me? And then you fall into something further and you're like, what the hell? Where did this come from? And... You know, my, my dad said to me, you're either going to climb out or you're going to die. Those are the only options at rock bottom. You, you cannot fall any further than losing your life. And I think that woke me up quite a bit. Like, oh, my God, he's, like, he's right. right. This is, I'm punishing myself. You know, and by staying in this position, I'm going to continue abusing myself and punishing myself for things that, you know, I need to heal from. Yeah, so. absolutely. So Amazing Grace is the, the first new music since 2018, right? I don't remember. R roughly, <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Well, that's what Mike's press release said, so we'll we'll go with that. Oh, well, then, yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how much you have planned or kind of how much you want to reveal as of yet, but kind of what's the plan for 2020? Oh, I will tell you happily. So, um, I am going to be flying out, uh, actually, with my husband, um, I created a storyline for the music video for Amazing Grace. And I thought, you know, I can't possibly 
be in this video and not have him as my person. Right. Like, I wouldn't be able to act with anyone else. Like, hell no. He's a handsome guy. <laughs> Everyone deserves to see his face. Like, I tied him down. We are good. So, I was able to, to ensure that he flew out with me. And um, we're creating the music video based on our relationship and, you know, how he proposed over pizza. And, you know, like, it was just stuff like that. Um, so we're going to be, be creating a music video that's extremely realistic. Um, and then from there, I'm going to be recording more music um, because I want to, not, not because I have to. Um, but I, I, I want to continue to create in a positive way and release music. Um, as far as touring goes, I've really taken a break from that, um, but I'm wanting to do one-offs. So, um, you know, fly in and play a show and then go back home and kiss my dog on the face. Yeah. Um, I honestly, something that I did mention, you know, to my manager, um, I really, really, really want to start speaking, um, going to different conferences, um, and speaking out, you know, mental health, people talk about it all the time, but no one really does anything. And, uh, I, I want to be a stepping stone for, for change, um, and not just preach about it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would love to be active within, you know, like to write love on our arms. Yeah, Man, absolutely. if I had the opportunity to just speak and have, you know, kids from from that entire, I guess, not fan base, that community, um, if I had the opportunity to just speak to them and then to, to listen to them, like, that would make all of this worth it. So I am hoping and praying that this year is full of me being able to hug everybody and listen to them. And um, they've heard enough from me. So it, it's my, my turn to put my listening ears on and then create accordingly. So I, I'm excited to be inspired. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, when I talked to, to Chad, I was telling him about, you know, like when I first heard of To Write Love on Our Arms and everything, um, I actually yeah. got to see Renee tell her story at an event. And oh, wow. Yeah, the outreach and just the amount of love that was in that room is, is incredible. So it would be awesome yeah. to, to be able to see something like that out of you as well. I would, yeah, I would completely and totally... I really, 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 really have a passion for communities like that. Yeah. Like it, it is, it is something that again people say, oh, you know, this needs change. But then, you know, a hashtag only does so much. You know, like sometimes you have to take your thumbs off of your keyboard stand up and use your feet. So that's something that I am 
such a fan of. I am so jealous that you got to to, to see all that. That's yeah. pretty powerful. It, it was incredibly powerful. So, um, you know, hopefully you'll be able to be in that spot of, you know, presenting your story and, and hopefully triggering change, you know, because like you said, and yeah. I've talked about it in, in my podcast with other artists is that the stigma that's around mental health is never going to get better until we're all honest yeah. about it. Amen. Amen, sister. I know you're a man, but... It's all good. <laughs> it feels better saying amen, sister, than brother. It's all good. That's Hulk Hogan. Right? <laughs> Taking my vitamins and doing my push-ups. <laughs> yep. All right. So, um... Since we don't have any hardcore plans on um, new music, is it gonna is the plan? I guess to do kind of just one off singles for a little while, or are you thinking of I, album or EP? My intention is an EP, um, and hopefully, it's out by summertime. That was initially like the goal, and so I'm I'm hoping for a concept. Um, EP, something that is telling a story in like a narration Mm -hmm. um, and creating videos that showcase exactly what I'm I'm trying to present. Um, So I'm much more into the storytelling now um, than ever before. So it'll be an EP and it'll be almost like a scratch and sniff type of EP where like you experience it. Well, and I think, I think those are the, the best albums, you know, there's so many albums that like senses fail back in the day had, um, (laughs) you know, all of their albums are really kind of that. Yeah. Tell the story from start to bottom. I haven't listened to them in a while. (laughs) Well, now you know what you're listening to later. So, I'm into it. Yeah. So I think that's everything I've got for you, Rachel. I really appreciate your time with this. Um, So I'm going to give you the opportunity. We've kind of touched on a few things, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to to plug anything that you want. Um, Obviously, we'll link all your socials and stuff too, but plug anything you you want, any projects or whatever. Oh, Lord. Um, Well, I'm really bad at this. Um, So... single is you know something that I'm supposed to plug (laughs) 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 and and like Spotify and then um, well you know my band name so he is we plug that Um, and I would plug um Nam Deke Kill and destroy, so SCAD. Um, I would plug uh, my mom and any sort of, <laughs> if there's any sort of uh, MS uh, research of any kind that I could use some help, I would plug that MS. Not MS-13. That's terrible. Yeah, that's a terrible thing to plug. That is a very 
<laughs> why I can't do these things. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would just plug plug that. Yeah. Um, and Reese's peanut butter cups. It's my favorite candy. It's the greatest. It's the only candy. It if, should be. <laughs> if I'm, I agree with you. I knew you were a good person. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, I appreciate you um, reaching out and uh, asking the right questions. Yeah, awesome. I'll uh, like I said, I'll I'll plug all the socials for you. We'll we'll put some sort of um, MS charity in there for you as well. You know, hopefully <laughs> hopefully raise some sort of money for that. Um, not the MS thirteen. No, but, no, I'll make sure it's not yeah. MS thirteen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, in any sort of like MS research, um, that's something else I've been really, really big on. Um, and then the Can You Hear Me? Yeah. Also the other one. So. Awesome. So yeah, we'll get yeah. all that put together. Um, and then we'll, uh, you know, get this up on, on the podcast this coming week. So this will be up uh, this coming Wednesday. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. And that was our conversation with Rachel. Um, you know, I've said it a couple times already, but huge thank you to her um, for taking the time to do the interview but also for being so open and real and honest and authentic and just transparent. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to recount traumas or even surface value tell those stories. So for her um, to do that with us, just again, thank you so much. I think, you know, a lot of people, if you listen to that episode, that conversation. Um, if you were familiar with her, hopefully it adds, you know, just that much more respect and um, admiration, I guess, if if you want to use that word. But just, you know, kind of putting her in perspective for what she's been through and how strong she's been. If you're new to her music, hopefully you kind of got that same feeling of someone that has, you know, seen some very high highs in this music industry, but has also seen the very, very dark depths of where it can take you. Um, so again, you know, big fan of Rachel, big fan of he is we, I really enjoyed him for over almost a decade now. Um, and it's just been a, an awesome thing to see her be able to face those demons um whether they were her own personal demons or other uh factors and be able to triumph over them and come through it with such a confidence and self-awareness now and just being able to truly be herself and be an honest and open person um it's an incredible thing to see. Uh, I'd like to say it again. Congratulations on two years sober for Rachel. Um, sobriety is not an easy thing for many, many people that struggle with it. So huge shout out to her for that. That's an amazing accomplishment. 
And that's really all I've got for you guys this week on the episode. Um, really appreciate all the support. I know I say that a lot, but it really does mean a lot to me. Um, I'd love for you guys to check out the playlist. I'd love for you to check out any artists that we've interviewed or that we've done album reviews of and things like that. You know, um, you never know what kind of potential new find you're going to stumble across. So, um, that's all I've got this week to take us out. I am going to play amazing grace by he is we Rachel Taylor. Thank you again for doing this interview. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.